the Digital You podcast, the place where we explore the implications of living in a digital world. Often referred to as the fourth industrial revolution, digitalization is the major trend in industry, business and society, and it affects everyone, including you, both in your private life and at work. In this podcast, I interview people that are leaders of the digitalization transformation to see what we can learn from them in terms of mindset, approaches, best practices and traps to avoid. The goal is to make you better at what you do and helping you to be a digital citizen and professional in a rapidly changing world. In this episode, I meet with Ingrid Nordmark, CEO of the Swedish Institute of Computer Science. Earlier, she worked as a senior executive at Ericsson and Transmode and she has many years of experience in R&D. Because of her role and experience, she has numerous highly relevant insights to share. Ingrid, it's great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this as I've really admired the way that you uh, build teams, deliver value and have a deep understanding of how software R&D and software development basically, basically works. So, um, for the listeners, could you give a short introduction into who you are and, uh, and what your background is? I have been in the mobile communication for most of my career. And uh, I've been starting with, from the digital start of communication for 2G, as a manager for the platform for 2G. You know that gives away that you're not... <laughs> In your, in your, you're not in your teens anymore when you say that, so I think you understand that, right? Yeah. And continue with 3G system manager for this and the 4G development of the full system. Right. And being part of this development of what that can do for a society right. and what has happened in the software development that we can do so many more things. Right. Yeah. That has been a really, really good journey. Mm. And now, and then I continue to transmute to the fixed world to see what's going on there. Yeah. What can you do? And being a R&D manager for a complete system in a. And this was optical. That was an optical switching. Right. Yeah. So. And see the, in principle, you can see it's all about the same. Uh, the same to find ways that you always can explore what are people best, best at and right. what to take, where are the research right now, and try mm. to make products. And I, I have always tried to be in the borderline between what's possible to do and just be the first out with new products in the right. new new areas and uh, and combine that with thinking how how to do it right. and i have always um, thought in what how and where working right. in the same time right Good. So that's me. That's one way to describe me. That's indeed it's not like what I expected, but it's a great introduction. So we're both here in uh, in Gothenburg for this digitalization seminar, and um, it's, it's it's interesting because this digital term digitalization is so broad and so generic. So could you give your perspective? What what does digitalization mean for you? 
for me, it's more like the basic stuff that it started. What can we do with computers? Mm. And uh, what we are right now is really, we have the cloud, we have one infrastructure, right. we have IoT, right. connected things. Yeah. We have uh, uh, analytics, where we collect all data. Mm-hmm. And the combination now means that we can do a lot of things yeah. with with this. So that's right. digitalization for me. Yeah, and it has a huge impact on companies, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, during your years at Ericsson, you undoubtedly noticed the shift from selling boxes to actually selling software and then to selling services. Is that what is your view on that? Is that will that happen to every industry or? My first reflection is that has gone much slower than I mm. and anticipated yeah. uh, that we still sell a lot of boxes yeah. and um, and as I see that's in the new business we sell more as a service right. than in old business and that's right. yeah. so that's that's my main reflection and uh, we have been talking about this software as a service I think it's for more than 10 years. A long time. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, um, but it's coming, but it's coming slow. Yeah. And I try to understand why, because all of us, um, we, we, we want the hottest new thing, but I think we are human in the end that no one a little bit scared about quality, security, and all that things. And that's a really interesting point because if you look at innovation, um, there I recently read a book called The Third Wave, which basically talks about uh, that the second wave of innovation was all about the pure online products. So you had the, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Ebays, the mobile games, etc., where you can basically innovate in a bubble without being concerned around the things that you just described, safety, security, regulation, certification, etc. And what the author of that book says is that we have reached the end of the second wave of innovation. Basically, everything you can do in pure software isolated context is now has been done. And now the next wave of innovation has will be in the area where we have um, where we have regulatory constraints, where we have certification issues, where there will be safety and uh, uh, security aspects, where uh, there will be a link to the physical world much more than what we've seen in our, you know, Candy Crush or Angry Birds uh, applications. Do you see something like that happen? Because if I look at Europe. I view that Europe has been traditionally very good in protecting its, it's very good in running industries that have a high barrier to entry, mm. yeah, because high regulation, high certification, high cost, but now we can see that other parts of the world are breaking into that space. I mean, if we look at the mobile phones that used 10 years was a, ago was a European business, mm. now it's basically divided between Apple and Samsung, if you really look at the revenue numbers. Yep. If you look at the automotive space, we see that Tesla is leading the way with you know putting actual self-driving cars on the road. Uh, it's not the other car brands. So I'm a bit concerned that we're seeing this the start of this third wave of innovation 
taking place, which is going to touch the heart of our industries. And we've not been changing fast enough because we've been protected by these walls of regulation and certification around us. Does, does that, is that a concern that I see and I'm just seeing ghosts or is that something that you recognize? I really see that as well, and especially one example that you really, really see it is in the health, that yeah. uh, all the need we are increasing, and there is a lot of things we can do that do things much better. Right. And in my, as now as CEO for SIX, we are doing a lot of good projects together with hospitals. Yes. But we are just running experiments. Right. And there is to take the next step to yeah. scale it. Yeah. There are so many different kinds of hinders. There is, uh, as you said, regulation uh, that people are afraid. Yeah. Uh, and with the way you, you buy things, the, yeah. the team, how they uh, knowledge yeah. of their high management. Yeah. Uh, so I, I see all of this comes together and also the struck for if, if you look for the health and if you continue to take that as an mm -hmm. example yeah. you have 270 uh, societies 13 regions and no one decides with them yeah. so it's it's a complex view to make things change in special sweden and i see the same in europe yes and i think it's sometimes easier in other societies yeah. and that will hinder us yeah. to take the good part of the yeah. digitalization. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking actually, if you look at a company like Uber mm. or Airbnb for that matter, they basically said to hell with all the regulations, we're just going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And of course, I'm not recommending that people go out and break the law, but sometimes you need to break the existing systems in place in order that are in place in order to put something new in place and what i'm looking at is do we in europe have the capacity to actually do these kind of things or does this only happen in other parts of the world what i see now is it that it just happening in other parts of the world and one way to look at it is all the startups mm. when they come to a certain size they are bought mainly for uh, at yeah. the US company yeah. because it, it's they thinking you they're doing great things yeah. but they can't really grow in Europe no. and I think you you have a look at statistics who is running big new companies in the digitization world yeah I think I looked it's very very few in Europe yeah. most in US yeah. some in Asia yeah. and just one or two in Europe yeah and that's so if we want to change that of course it starts not with companies but with individuals yeah so if we look at this whole digitalization trend what, what do you think it means for individuals for professionals I mean how should I think in order to be successful in a digitalized world I mean what what does it mean for me as a professional for me is it that we start to think what is like um, AI really good at and what is human really good at? Right. How should we combine that and do the best thing out of that right. to optimize as we have done in team before right. or doing right now? Who is good at what? Yeah. And, um, and don't complicate it. It's like 
we are we are humans are not really good at many many details and comparing whatever data mm. computers are so much better right so what I hear you say is that in order to be successful as a digital professional I have to work really well understand the strengths of technology versus the strengths of humans yeah and make sure that technology does the jobs that it is good at yeah and what I thought I heard you say between the lines is that you feel that today many humans are still doing tasks that they shouldn't be doing themselves that should actually be done by technology that should be automated yeah, I'm doing like that as well so I, but that's what I see we are not really there yeah, yeah. and um, I think I feel that that could be a really good area for startups, how right. to make life easier yeah. for companies to drive things. I really want to have like a nice robot in my management team to do all this good background checking, data, yeah. and add that to my team. Right, right. And uh, I also, all this, when I do my prognosis and so on, I still do in the old-fashioned way. Why it's do I do Excel that? Excel sheets and Google searches, I yeah, suppose, it's, right? Yes, yeah. and it's not. It's so easy to digitalize in next step to yeah. really put the value. Yeah. So why hasn't it happened yet? What's holding us back? Is it human resistance to change, or is it that the technology isn't quite mature enough yet? I see both and I did a survey last year to understand um, with Technique for Tagen to look at all like right. 200 companies right. where are they at and yeah. what is digitalization for you right and for most of them it was just to optimize current way you're working yeah very very few was thinking adding to business model adding value they were not there. I think no. it was like less than 10%. And um, when I, I asked why, uh, what do you need most? Yeah. That was guiding what is possible and competence. Yeah. So that's, that's a good sign because the, they could all see that they don't really know what's going on and what is possible to do. Yeah. So, so I think... I really think good examples is unneeded yeah. and yeah. take away it's the way we talk about it hmm. it's uh, and I as well um, I think we 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 should work more than other areas like interaction it's right. still really boring typing. I'm so tired about typing and reading. Could want to start. You're talking the... to someone who just wrote two books, by the way, but yeah. doesn't go there. No, yeah. no, but yeah. we we work on silos in this digitalization. Yes. Yes. That we work very very hard on some areas, but I I don't see that we work yeah. like 360 degrees. Safety, security, interaction, uh, and um, integrity and all these aspects. No one brings it together in one integrated picture. You, you no, and yeah. we don't bring it to integrated picture and we are not, we are like two steps behind in security 
versus what's possible to do. And right. I think we should do it in the opposite way, mm. not always try to catch up in the other areas. That's one way. And yeah. So how would that, how, how, can you give an example of what you just said? I mean, you said we're always two steps behind, but we should really be at the forefront yeah. in areas where we bring everything together. Yeah, let's say for easy way to have uh, security. We should right. have like better um, way. All people have to have 20 passwords for different things. That's right. not. Yeah. Why aren't we better there? Yeah. It's not impossible. It's right. not. And um, as well, interaction is look, how do you interact? We get a divided society because it's still a little bit too hard, it's cumbersome. Yeah. And uh, If you're not a digital native, it's really hard to keep up with the, uh, with the, rate, of, yeah, with so the rate of change. And, and uh, so why don't yeah. we do more there? Yeah. It, Good. So that's two examples where yeah. I think we should add more. Right. Like all this Internet of Things we have. We have all these cameras that's so easy to log on. Yeah. Why do we start have them out for 10 years before we start to think of how we should protect them? Yeah. It's not one year, it's yeah. 10 years they have been out there so, before we start to think about yeah. how to protect them. And then if someone starts a botnet just of having cameras attacking our yeah. systems. Yeah, no, I can see that. So if we look at digitalization, and we're going to follow the BAPL model a little bit, which uh, you, we've talked about earlier. What do you see are the biggest business implications of digitalization? What happens at the business and business model level? I mean, I can tell you what I see happen, and you saw the same at Ericsson and maybe less at uh, Transmode. The whole transition from selling boxes to selling services mm -hmm. for me is to a large extent driven by digitalization because yeah. it allows you to push new. But what are some other business implications that you see happening? I see this um, that you don't, all people stop to value that you own things. I think that's the biggest change yeah. that you. And that's really what you say as a service. So from from, from ownership to access. Yes. I want access to a, to a service. I don't need to own the product that gives the service. Yeah. And what I hope, but I I think it's more talking than I see that we if we could do so much in all CSR aspects. Mm. And a small community start to buy and think in that. So, so you talk about co corporate and social responsibility. Yes. Areas. Yes. And which aspect are you thinking of? Thinking of that? I'm thinking yeah. both economical, social, mm -hmm. and uh, sustainable. Right. And if we um, look at the way we have seen, we now see a small transition about like you don't really need to own your car it's yeah. just in the beginning yeah you you buy it as a service yes. and that means that we could start to build our towns in a different way we don't yeah. need all these parking places yeah. and uh, 
we had started with experiments that you you just have access to transportation. You don't care if you bike, a car, or a train. Yeah. And you uh, care about mobility, but yeah. not about the car. Yeah. To really hire that up and. Yeah. It's actually one of the interesting things when when we were using horses for mobility. Yeah. yeah having a really nice horse was actually a social signal, right? Yeah. And then we moved to cars, mm. and cars became the social signal. So mm. people ride, drive high-end cars in order to signal success uh, and their position in society. So when, as we move to a service, what will be the next social signaling device? Isn't it that really there? That social signal is that you don't have a car, and if you have a car, it's an electric car, and uh, yeah, yeah. So it's less about the fancy, the fanciness, and more about the alignment with your values. Yes, and yeah. like you, you, if you buy a jacket, it should be bought from yeah, a certain the Patagonia brand. Which yeah. says, don't buy this jacket unless no. you really, really need it. And yeah, if you and buy it, then keep it for twenty. And the state years. is to have one for that's twenty-five years old that yeah. you. Yeah. served yeah. in a good way. I see that as the new. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. So we are a little bit short on time, so we're going to ju jump directly to the ways of working and the organizational implications. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been looking at is um, empowered organizations mm -hmm. and organizations without managers, which I think if you look at traditional hierarchical organizations, one of the reasons we had the hierarchies is because managers and frontline workers had an information asymmetry. Mm. And managers knew more than what frontline people knew. Mm. But that's with digitalization going away relatively quickly. I mean, lots of people have more access to information and data and could actually make a lot of local decisions in empowered teams. Mm. Agile is, I think, a good example of that. And when you mm. worked at it. At Ericsson and ran the LTE organization, you were very hard on creating those empowered agile teams, I remember from those days. Mm. Um, but do you see that that's, that whole transition from hierarchical, functionally organized, organized companies to more empowered organizations where the role of managers and of hierarchy is less, do you see that happen at all? And do you see that driven by digitalization? I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I'm trying to figure out how, what is your view, what is the future of organizing and ways of working? That's maybe the question I'm looking for. I see small signs, mm. I, but, and I see, as you said, that all people, all that's working see sometimes, not always, the same picture. We right. have data that make it possible, it's not utilized at that many places, at I have seen yet, right. yeah. and uh, what I see here in Sweden, and I think that's more than in um, like US, is the knowledge about development in the management team mm. are very very low, and that makes a gap that um, you don't really understand what possible to accomplish yeah. if you put this. Um, power or empowerment from knowing the same picture, knowing the same yeah. data. Because that's what I really saw as um, head of 4G. I, we, I know from the beginning that mm. nothing was stable. The standard wasn't stable. We were like 
putting in 300 people every year for five years. Um, the customers changed their mind. Yeah. Uh, and everything was changing all the time. So yeah. we really tried to keep... So it was a very, com very complex situation. It was a complex situation. We didn't face out... Ex uh, so we, we had to simplify what was possible to simplify yeah. and share the same information quick. Then, if all made decision on the same data, yeah. it didn't went that wrong. No. Even if we had to change, but you always learn when you do things. Yeah. But what I see is um, a lot of people are afraid of make decision. They are afraid about losing their position in certain areas. So, so I, I. I see more hinder from the human aspect than from the technology right. for driving the yes. company. And so I see, well, there are, if we take that power, we can do so much, much more yeah. and much more of business opportunities that yes. we are. But what I hear you say is that there are two inhibitors. It's mm. not just that there are people that have a very strong control need that want to be managers' jobs and don't want to relinquish their power. The other side is that um, individuals in the front line are afraid to take responsibility for the things that they are looking to accomplish. Or they don't dare to take responsibility for taking decisions that may have significant impact on the organization. No. And I think it's, a, I see uh, when you have a lack of competence in certain areas, you don't make the right decision that's needed. Yeah. That's what I see. Yeah. But you don't really understand. You see, you, you see different pictures. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you not only can't, but shouldn't even make a decision if you are in that situation. That's true. But the point is that the that's true for frontline people, but also true for managers, right? Because yeah. they're often so exposed or so little exposed to the actual market realities mm. and technology mm. realities, they're mostly busy with mm. whatever it is that people do in an organization to keep themselves busy. Mm. Uh, so I have the feeling that even managers often take decisions on very small amounts of information. Yes, I, I see that as well. And I see that with this digitalization, there will be a change in how you sell things and how you develop things. Right. And I think that's that's a cumbersome way to do in yeah. all build big companies. Yeah. And I I see that one thing that we don't sell that much as a service because that's changed the whole model right. how to think. Yeah. We need to wrap up because we've already been talking close to half an hour, even though it doesn't may not feel like that. I have the feeling we could continue for hours and still not have uh, barely scratched the surface. But one question is that um, I have wanted to have. So I have two questions to wrap up. What do you read and what do you think you want to recommend to the listeners? What are the things that you read and think are really valuable? I read, since I'm at the research institute, I try to read papers from different kinds of researchers. And now I I have not been in the security that much, so I try to read paper there. And I try to read some paper in AI, because I really think this could add a lot of values. Yeah. But then I also 
very interested in the like the society. What is the impact in the right. society? So like Stefan Fölster's book, uh, Robot uh, Revolution. Robot, Robot Revolution. Yes, yeah. and this the divided society. That is something I, I'm thinking a lot about. Right. How should we do a society where all is needed and that we build a good society with help of a digitalization instead yeah. of the opposite. Yeah. So that's what I read. Good, good. Finally, if there are three things that you would recommend to people that want to either become better digital professionals or want to become even proficient at being a digital professional, what would be the three things that you would want to recommend to people in this digitalizing world? Have fun with different things. Try out. Go to the e-doctor. Find when it, that's better. Use app with a lot of data that helps you. And uh, try to find out in your daily work what how could I have this robot that really helped me to make decisions? That's interesting. I mean, there are two things that are really interesting. The first is curiosity comes up in every podcast I do. So yeah. everyone feels it's really important to go outside your immediate scope of responsibility. Yeah. The second part that you mentioned, I mean, find out what this robot can do for you. I was at a Dutch company recently, and we started day two of the event that we had by asking everyone to map out what would it take to automate your job completely mm -hmm. and then they had to basically look at how would what would be required to automate their job and the, and the answer was very close to what you were saying mm -hmm. some things they couldn't even imagine being automated but there were quite a few things that they were spending quite a bit of time on that they could actually see become automated mm -hmm. in some way and i think that that's one of the jobs that we're going to be having going forward it's not just doing our job but also constantly looking for ways to automate and do away with the things that we now have to do manually. Mm. So that sounds, I mean, where are you on that? I'm not as good as I should be, but I really, I have so many great people around me and I start to discuss with them, what can I do? And what I have seen also is it's goes pretty fast to do fantastic things. Mm. Can you give an example? Yes, I had uh, one this summer, the, the job to, um, see what kind of feelings people have. Like you take a video and then yeah. with 64 points. Right. Or you can measure emotions on people. Emotion. Places. And you can measure it faster than a human. And we have tried out that with students now and it's really better. So we're thinking to do an app. There's some people with disabilities that right. want to really read people. Ah, so then you get help. He's right. angry. He's yeah. sad. Yeah. And that was two months of work yeah. to have his app. To yeah, yeah, so that's so that's something you can automate. Yeah, yeah. So, good. So, so I th really think that technologies developed for people with disabilities go can go a long way in serving the general population as well. We just yeah. haven't really explored that to the mm. extent that maybe we should. But mm. unfortunately, Ingrid, we're out of time. Yeah. Because now we're at thirty-two minutes. So um, I wanted to thank you very much for taking the time to uh, be on this podcast. And, thank uh, you, Yvonne. Nice to be here. And I look forward to uh, the responses from the listeners. Yeah. yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Digital You podcast. 
If you want to stay informed of my upcoming podcasts, blog posts, videos, books, courses, and research articles, go to my website at www.janbosch.com or send me email at jan at janbosch.com. Join the mailing list and receive regular updates that help you become a digital leader.